the Ash, Kip and Lutzy with Susie O'Neill podcast. It's Ash, Kip and Lutzy with Susie O'Neill. Now, Sky News Australia has a new investigative documentary <laughs> called uh, Catching the Claremont Killer, The Untold Story. And the host of the show, Steve Pennells, joins us now. G'day, Steve. G'day, mate. How are you? Mate, this is a pretty... Uh, it's a pretty deep story. It's like it's pretty hard to to for this to be anything um, light and cheerful. But I mean, um, how did you go investigating it? Was it was it was it years? What type of time did you need to put into it? Well, I'm originally from Perth, so I, I grew up at the same time the killings were happening. I was roughly the same age as the girls when they went missing. You know, I, I'd go to the same clubs. Mm. So, and my young career as a journalist was in WA, so I was following the case, you know, on and off over the years. But um, it's, you know, it, it's extraordinary because this, you know, I mean, just for people who, you know, listeners who don't don't know the details of the case, in 96 and 97, three women went missing in Perth from a wealthy sort of nightclub area. Two bodies were found. Um, the third body still hasn't been found. But that kicked off running the most expensive criminal investigation in Australian history. So it's coming up in June, it'll be 25 years since the task force was set up to investigate these crimes. And it was never disbanded in that whole time. It was never trying to get this guy for, for the best part of, you know, a quarter of a century. Um, and they finally got him last year. Um, a, a DNA breakthrough, a bit of luck, a bit of good detective work. And they, they tracked him around. And, then, and there were lots of other crimes he'd, he'd done and linked to other attacks on women. And one of those women, one of his early um, victims who, who survived, who fought him off, um, is is in our documentary tonight. She's, it's the first time she's spoken. She's never, her identity has never been revealed. She was suppressed in the court case, her identity, and she applied to have that suppression lifted so she could tell tell her story. And it's quite extraordinary. So back when it was all happening, did they have a, uh, a did they know who it was? They just couldn't pin it down? Or they really had no idea who well, did that's, it? Well, that's the thing. They had absolutely no idea. They had a few people away over the years that they thought, you know, were sus, and everyone knew who they were because police, Part of the strategy would be to, to sort of, you know, leak this name and, and everything and try and put pressure on her, on, on certain people to confess. And they just had the wrong guys. And this guy, when they finally found him and they matched him through some extraordinary DNA work, which you'll see in the documentary, um, he, he just wasn't on the radar. For a quarter of a century, he was just hiding in plain sight. The most ordinary bloke you could ever see in the biggest police investigation in Australia hadn't even had him on their books. You, you see, you see it more and more. Sorry, Ash, but like in all of the, all the docos we see these days, and there seems to be lots of docos on these sort of these heinous crimes from the seventies and eighties. Where I guess these guys think they're mm. home and hose, mm. like they, they've got mm. it, gotten away with it. It's, as you said, it's a quarter of a century, and all of a sudden, with this uh, incredible advancement in DNA technology, um, mm. they they find these now old men. That and strangely, yeah, he, had, well, he, he still had a secret lair with these things in his house, like which just extraordinary. Yeah, and, and the thing the thing is, you, you could tell from now we know, uh, well, now we have a better idea of what he did. You could see a pattern of confidence as he thought he wouldn't get pinked. So yeah. the, he started as a nineteen year old, as a teenager, and he and 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 he was attacking women within a one kilometer radius of his house in their homes, um, and he would wear women's underwear. It was it was quite quite bizarre, and and then. Then later, he, he dragged a girl from, from the Claremont area, raped her in a cemetery nearby, and then went on to kill these other women. So it, it seems he escalated. The more he got away with, the further, the further he would go. Is that the and, and, you know, and, and, and you could tell, I mean, like if you, when the police went to his house to, to interview him, he, he had no idea what they had on him, the DNA evidence. And he never, even now, he, just, he hasn't confessed. He's been convicted 
with the murders. He hasn't confessed. There's no remorse. Mm. Um, and I think it's, there's an arrogance there that, that just you know, a lot of these killers, like you know people like Milat and that, who who will who will still try and have that power over the victims, families, and, and people by saying, you know, I'm not going to confess. I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to tell you where you know where other women are, etc. I mean, there's one girl who hasn't been his body hasn't been found, and you know, and her family are obviously mm. you know been traumatized for. For a long time, I mean, so many people are affected by this case. It's, it's kind of in post DNA. That's just cruelty on a whole new level, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah like absolutely. he know, he knows where that body is. You can't imagine, you can't fathom as a, as a parent to think that your kid is lying out there somewhere in a yeah. grave that nobody knows about except this one asshole who did it and won't yeah. tell anyone. He's, so that there can be some sort of peace and some sort of resolution. It's a whole new level of cruelty. Where where is this it bloke is, now? Completely, he's in jail in, in Perth. And um, he's, he's, he's been convicted for, uh, um, for life um, and uh, on two of the murders. They couldn't convict him of, of the missing girl because um, the judge said, you know, he's most likely to have done it, but there, there just wasn't any evidence. And I think the judge wasn't going to give any room for appeal. You know, he wanted to lock him in on, you know, for life, basically yeah. in jail. But um, his, his appeal period actually is, is, is about to finish up, and, and, uh, but I don't, we, we don't know if he's going to appeal, but uh, I don't know on what grounds he would. Um, yeah. Given given that it happened so long ago in ninety six ninety seven, the first girls mm. went missing. Is there suggestions that things have happened since then that we still don't know about? Like it's hard to imagine that he would have um, murdered three girls and then stopped for some reason. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. I mean, mm. police have looked at there are a lot of missing girls around who who could be other victims, but police haven't been able to make the links. But as I said, the task force is is, is not being shuttered; it's not being disbanded. Right. So there are still Officers working on this case, even though he's behind bars. Hmm. So maybe they'll they'll be now they they have, they have DNA, they have more information on him. Maybe they can match a few more victims because there there were there were quite a few girls who were missing over those years, and 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 over the years people have said, no, is this the same guy? Is it not the same guy? So you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe I mean, but it is it it does seem hard to believe that he wouldn't have that he would have just stopped in '97 and done nothing. Yeah. For, for all this time. Who's mm. the girl talking? Is she the one who from the cemetery? Because they're survivors. No, right? no, no, no. Yeah, she she's one from Huntingdale. She was a young mother in her home, and he and she was in a bathroom, and she turned around, and, and there was this guy wearing women's underwear on his head, and, and basically attacking her and bashing yeah. her, mm. and she she basically you know need him in in the nuts, so to speak, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and sort of fought him off, and he and he ran away. Um, but for her, I mean, you know, imagine her, imagine her life. I mean, she uh, she was yeah. a young young woman. She didn't know this who the attacker was for all these years. So she got on with her life, got married again, had other had other kids, and then a couple of years ago, the cops, you know, call her up and say, look, you know, that attack that happened to you back when you were, you know, back at, you know, in the 80s, we think we know who did it. And she grew up around the claim on killings that were in the news, but she'd never linked the attack. So all of a sudden, oh she's God. told that the guy who attacked her oh. was the same guy who went on to kill these women. So you can imagine... Yeah. You know the trauma she's had to relive, and what that what that's done to her. It's, it's quite you know, horrific. And she and and I believe that there's a, a number of women that had their moment in court, literally staring him down and being able to speak um, in that moment, which I imagine would have been an incredible. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, it, you know, he he gave nothing back, no remorse, nothing. And I think all everyone was just hoping that at some point he would, you know, even an explanation, even yeah. something. Right. But there was nothing. You reckon on another level, you reckon that he'll be watching this tonight, Steve? Yeah. You think about it. He, he's, he's in prison over there in Perth. I assume they have televisions. Yeah. Do you reckon on some warp level 
he he's going to sit down tonight and 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 think he's the man. You know, they, they're, they're I, making, I, I, they're, I, they're I, making I, a doco of me. I have no doubt. Actually, it's interesting you say that because I I got a, a message through um, someone else uh, last week that a prisoner in Sydney who who was involved in the case with who's doing who I'm doing another story on. Um, wanted to get a message to me saying, oh, I just saw the commercial for your doc. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Mm. So they have access to the wow. prison. And, um, yeah. and I think, you know, I'm sure he would, he would, he would, he would do it. And, and, and there's a moment where I ask a couple of people in the documentary, you know, if he's watching this, what do you want to say to mm. him? Good. And then look at the camera and they address him directly. So, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a good chance. I mean, they have access to this. Um, and I, I can't imagine he, you know, yeah, I, 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 I was going. Well, yeah, I was going to say I hope that they, they don't let him watch him. But given that, that there's personal messages mm. from the victims, although he seems immune to them, yeah. Anyway, he's yeah. totally immune. Yeah, and, and if anything, you know, the way he's acted, he probably. I mean, he may he may get some satisfaction out of knowing that he, people are still kind of you know. Yeah, suffering. Screw talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a question. I remember really following this. Mm. I was the same age as well. And it seemed like the girls always called a taxi and they hopped into a, some sort of car voluntarily. Yeah. I mean, that, How that, did that, that happen? Like, well, at the time, I mean, there was a, there, there's a sort of the highway in Perth. It was a very busy area. And these girls, you know, um, you know if all the families said they would not have got into a car with a stranger, but they just disappeared off the street. So for a long time, Police in WA, they kept the, the, the task force quite secret from other police because there was speculation that perhaps it was a police officer in a car or oh, perhaps it was a taxi driver. Oh, because right. they so felt, like yes. a, Yeah, or, and there was lots, lots of rumours about a fake taxi. Mm-hmm. So they, they actually DNA tested all the taxi drivers in Perth and then people weren't taking taxis. It actually kind of almost ruined the taxi industry for a while in Perth because, you know, parents were, were not letting their kids take taxis because yeah. they thought either it's a taxi driver or a fake taxi. So parents were dropping their kids back and forth and, and everything. But, yeah, that, that, that was the idea that, like, like, that was a big question. No one could understand how they could be there one minute and then just disappear. And if they got into a car, it would have to be someone they felt comfortable with. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's not a very... Big, um, big group of people. Well, it's a fascinating story. It's on tonight, Sky News on Foxtel. It's uh, Thursday night uh, tonight, 7pm. And thanks heaps for joining us, Steve. No, thank you. Appreciate it. The Ash, and Lutzi with Susie O'Neill podcast is a Nova podcast. For more great comedy shows like this, head to novapodcast.com.au.